What's the point? But here's what I love about God and what I love about the Bible. It's equipped, not just equipped to answer those questions, but it's equipped to show you how to answer those and to live those things out in your own life. And we're going to talk about what the Bible says when you ask yourself the question, why? Maybe why God? Or why should we even do this? Or is this even worth it? We're at church tonight, so we're just going to be really, really honest for the next, what, 16 minutes? And we're going to have a great time, and we're going to party and throw, like, a ton of balloons at you and do cool stuff afterwards. It's going to be great. All right? Here's the context we're going to talk about in Scripture. So Jesus... He's, he's talking to this group of guys. Some of the group of guys are really, really close and they totally have his back. But a large group that is asking him these questions, they're throwing cynical questions at him. They're called the Pharisees. Basically, that's just another term for, for people that are like stuck up church people back then in the day, right? But they're throwing questions at him, not because they're curious, but they're asking him all of these weird questions because they kind of want to like trip him up and see if he'll mess up trying to answer. So they throw this massive one at him kind of like a question bomb, hoping that he messes up. And this is where one of the most profound responses happens in Scripture. It's Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39. So here's what they ask. They say, teacher. And it's so funny when people that have bad intentions, but they talk to your face, they're so sweet to you, right? They're saying, oh, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And then Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first. Everybody say first. First. Good job. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus could have said anything to respond when they said, what is the greatest commandment of all? He could have said, you have to do this. You have to do that. But he just said, love the Lord your God with the totality of who you are. He chose this to be his greatest commandment. And commandment is just a word that describes a, a direction or an instruction given by someone who's in a position of authority. And Jesus, literally king of heaven and earth, put on skin, came here as a baby, lived as a man, never made a mistake, all authority. He says, man, love the Lord your God with everything that you have and everything that you are. See, this piece of scripture, maybe you've heard it, it's a really, really famous one. It's called the Great Commandment. And the thing about the Great Commandment, it's what God wants most from us and for us. He wants it from us because he created us, he designed us to love him. It sounds kind of weird. He, he didn't make us robots. He could have been like, now I'm going to create guys and girls and human beings, not give them any freedom of thought, and I'm going to make them worship and love me. But he loved us so much that he gave us a mind and a and a soul to think and to live and to make our own choices. And he's created everything around us, and he desires for us to be in relationship with him. So not even just from us, but for us. He wants it for us because if we'll learn to live this whole thing out, man, life just gets on this level that we never, ever dreamed possible because this scripture if walked out every day not perfectly but to the best of our ability it will give us this word that maybe you've heard that maybe more valuable than anything that we could pay for its purpose it gives us a purpose and purpose is um i looked this up webster's dictionary tells us that purpose is is the reason for which something is done or created or for why something exists. 
See, something that really wealthy people know that a lot of us don't know is that money can't solve everything. The whole term of money can't buy happiness, I don't know if that's true, because if you want me a Lamborghini, I'd be pretty stoked. I'd be happy, but it wouldn't last forever. You get a designer of this, it's really cool, but it's fake away. But this, this whole purpose thing, this thing inside of you that is unshakable, this thing that like wakes your brain, wakes your mind, wakes your eyes and your heart up to the things that, that matter more. It's, it's when you learn what you were created to do, and when you begin to do those things, you become so fulfilled, so joyful, so energetic, so, so creative, because this thing that you're walking in, this purpose that God has designed you to have, when you love God with everything that you are, and you love others with everything that you are as if they were yourself, I mean, God begins to show you some really, really amazing things. So what will set 2020 apart from every other year that you've lived? Maybe you're the grand age of 11. And I'm like, man, what's going to make this any different than the 11 others I've lived through? Well, you're going to be 11, so that's going to be pretty sweet. That was funny to me. It's cool. <laughs> maybe you're 18, maybe you're 35, maybe you're 89. Congratulations for making it to 89, that's great. Um, but what will make 2020 different from all the other years that you've walked through? Because maybe you're thinking, oh, it's just kind of the same old, same old. And it can be the same old, same old if it's just the same old you that's leading it. But the thing that will set it apart and make it different than every other, if it's full of purpose. Now write this down, this is our sermon in a sentence tonight. Want most what God wants. Most. That's the key that unlocks purpose in your life. Want most what God wants most. You can just leave that up here for a while. So what is it that he wants most? He wants the great commandment. He desires to see that come alive in our lives. To love him with everything that we are and to love others as ourselves. Jesus says it first. He says it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. It's what you and I were made for. But then you've got to ask yourself the question, if that's what he wants, then why should I want that? Because it answers our greatest need. Culture, religion, I mean, pretty much everything is created to answer the question of why we exist and what we were made to do. Like, what is that, that, that soul-deep kind of thirst that you're trying to quench, that answer that you're trying to figure out? Maybe you're sitting there and it's like, man, I just tried to figure out my first day back and have eight pews. It's the first time we've done that before. That's great. But I promise that every single one of us are going to get to a place that maybe athletics, it just doesn't work out. Like you're not going to make it to the NFL. A lot of you will. A whole lot more won't. And when everything's quiet and it settles down, you've got to be able to answer what you were made to do. Or maybe it's academics. You graduate eventually. And you can get degree after degree, but the degrees run out. And then what do you do with it? Or maybe it's in music, the creative arts, or it's work. Like you've always been a hard worker. That's great. And you achieve those goals. But what is it all for? See, when we aren't living this and when we don't do this, we're missing out on the greatest purpose that God has for us. And basically, I think you can kind of sum it up with one word. Satisfaction. Here's what I've come to know. And here's what I've come to know just by observing people, not just my own life experience. When we search for satisfaction by achieving certain things, it is only truly satisfying if that achievement is tied to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how many trophies you get, people, like, it, like it, none of that matters if it's not anchored in Jesus. 
Maybe you were given all of these skills, all of this awesome stuff, all of these abilities, not just to make yourself awesome, but to honor Jesus. See, when he said, love the Lord your God with the totality of who you are, it's also with the gifts that he gave you. There is a possible way to play your sport, to play your instrument, to do the thing you love, anything like that, to create, to study, to all of that with the intention of glorifying God. You know what's so cool? I was, um, and I was talking to this guy that I went to high school with, and, and it's hilarious how we kind of even got in contact, but, but the last time I talked to him was when I graduated high school. And you know, I played sports, and I wore number 21. And he was my backup, and he took number 21 after I left. And that's the last time we talked. I like high-fived him. I said, hey, man, like, you're going to kill it, blah, blah. Here, here's the cool thing. I didn't play any college sports. He played college sports. He became an All-American. Then he played for the Seahawks and won Super Bowls with him. And now he's moved back to Texas, and we started talking. And how laughable it is that I would give him a high five that he took my number. Yeah, right. This dude was amazing. He still is. Like, he showed me his ring, and I was like, can I have that? No, not really. Um, you know what's so funny is I was talking to him, and he just recently became a Christian. He's like, he has an amazing story. What's so cool is he said, man, this entire journey with, like, Marshawn Lynch and Rob, like, the guys you see on TV, like, right? Traveling and winning the and like all of that stuff. It was so cool, but it does not even come close to measuring what's happened in my life since I met Jesus. See, if the guy at the top of his game, like literally, like he did it. Like he was, what, like a roster's 54 people or something like that in the NFL? He was literally one of the best 54 football players on planet Earth that year. Like millions watched him do it. And he's literally telling me on the phone, like, it was cool, but it still doesn't measure up. See, if your achievement is not anchored in the things of Jesus' purpose, it will always leave you wanting more. What a shame it would be to reach the top of a mountain or the top of a ladder and figure out it was on the wrong wall. What a shame it would be to climb, to, to toil, to work, to study, to do all these things and still feel like you weren't enough. I don't know about you, but I can feel that way sometimes. I don't know about you, but, but like just the work sometimes distracts me in the fact that maybe if I get there, it'll just take care of itself. But let me just tell you, if there is not with Jesus, it won't. So that's why this whole purpose thing, that's why this great commandment, we're going to spend a couple of weeks talking about some real foundational, just faith things. It is God's purpose for your life to love him. But here's kind of what gets in the way. Here's what's gotten in the way for me for a long, long time, especially when I was in high school. I would want to, to want what God wanted the most, but then I would just ask myself the question, man, is this really worth it? Because you got to say no to some stuff. Or you would think, um, man, this is super hard. It is way easier just to like not have to make these decisions right now. I'll do it when I get older. Or... Um, and I felt this one a lot. I felt like it was a lack of freedom. I felt like after I chose to follow Jesus, my friends that I grew up with that were not Christians, and I wasn't for a long time, they had all this freedom to do whatever they wanted to do. And their Fridays and Saturdays were a lot more exciting than mine. And I didn't even have Instagram back then. <laughs> Thanks for the four that laugh. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But you know what I figured out? 
And it really is nothing that I did. It's just what God talks about. And what he teaches and what he says and what he shows in the lives of other people is, even though you may feel that way, they're not rules and regulations to restrict you, they're guidelines to show you. They're not, they're not these harsh things that when we see God as like a disciplinarian and as a coach saying, no, 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 you screwed up, you can't do that, no, 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 no way, because you're going to mess that up and you're going to mess everything. So it's just like, just stop. So like, just don't do anything because you're, like, you're not worth it. That's how I can see God sometimes when I think of his rules. But the thing about God's structure in our life is like if we read this, it's like a manual that he's put in front of our faces and to install in our hearts. And it's like an update that where you can like read. It's like, oh, that's how you date. That's how you be a friend. That's how I live my life with generosity. That's kindness. That's, oh, okay, this is what it means to serve. This is how I honor my parents. This is how I treat authority. This is all of this stuff. Like, these, like he talks about that, and he tells you what to do, not so much as you have to, but like, man, just try it. See how great it is, right? See, like, when you see things like that, it becomes complete freedom inside of the structure. See, I read this study recently where they took two groups of kids. It was 15 kids, and they took them to an identical park. And this park had all the things that you could want to do, like the slides, the monkey bars, all that type of stuff. With one group of kids, they took up the railing and the fence around it and just left this massive open field. And they had adults watch them. So these 15 kids, they would go, and it was so fascinating because they didn't have any restrictions. So they went, they played, and they all did the same thing. They started off in the middle of the park, and then a couple of the brave ones, the, the bold ones, I guess, just a couple of minutes in, would walk out into the field and kind of do their own thing. And they would make it out there for a while, but then one stepped in an ant pile and he ran back to the middle. And then the other one would like, thanks. <laughs> the other one would stub his tail the whole thing. And they, but it's crazy. They went out there, they experienced things, they got hurt somehow, and they all came back to where they started. But then the other group of kids, there's 15 of them, they, they kept the guardrail up. And they went to this playground, and it was crazy. They threw like some balls and some footballs and some like toys out there. And, it showed that these kids like connected better. They became friends with everybody. They played for hours and they came in and they had a fantastic time. I just think it's so funny that even with kids, when you give people complete quote unquote freedom, you get hurt and you come back and you just wish you stayed where you were. But when there's some structure to stay within, you can, say, you can do whatever you want, man. Meet whoever, do whatever, but just, just stay within this and you're protected. Those are the ones that really had some fun. Can I just tell you that loving God is not a discount life? Can I just tell you that when you stay within a structure, the only thing you miss out on is the pain, having to heal from the things that hurt you later on in life. The regret, the embarrassment, the shame, all of that stuff. That's what you miss out on. But sometimes I think that that the weight of saying no to what seems so good overshadows really what that no will protect you from. See, here's what scripture says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. This is just two verses after one of the most famous verses in all of scripture talking about God's plan for you. Here's what God says. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your I love how clear God is. He just says, hey, when you're looking, I'm going to be there, man. Hey, that when you finally get vulnerable enough to pray, I'm going to listen. And not just listen, I'll answer you. I've come to realize in my life that God, God's answer to my prayers have never been audible. I've never been like, hey, God, hey, Drew, whoa. 
Never. <laughs> Not once. That's you. That's amazing. <laughs> Tell your parents. <laughs> but oftentimes for me, like, 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 I'll write my prayers down in my journal, or um, I'll say it out loud, or I'll say it on the way to work. I'll be driving, or whatever it is, and and um, and I'll say these prayers out loud. And he always answers. He either answers like yes, and it actually happens in my life. He answers not yet, and I'll wait a while, and it hurts, and then it happens. He's never said no. He just said I've got something better. And when I prayed for it, it doesn't happen. And he brings something else in my life, or another person in my life, or another option in my life. And that's how he answers that prayer. See, when you're looking, he's always going to be there. You and I, we can underestimate the power that God has, thinking it's the same or same, but if he's in it, everything is different. I just think it's so cool in this next scripture that I'm just going to talk about in just a second. Um, but there's just a part that says, man, if, if we won't love the person we can see, how can we love the God we can't see? Like, you know, so we just went to um, Lima, San Diego, um, for a trip that we were really excited about. We've been saving for it, and we're just like, man, just super excited about this trip. We took all of our kids, and it's the first time we flew on a plane with three children. Wouldn't recommend it when you have kids one day, but it's okay. And um, so we were there. So, so one of the gifts that we got from the grandparents this year was a um, like five tickets to go to the San Diego Zoo. And now they're like, I don't know if that makes you super excited or not. Oh. <laughs> uh, San Diego, S A the San Diego Zoo. And, um, like, you know, it's like at first I wasn't like super excited because, like, it's a zoo, right? It's a zoo of animals. Um, and then I got there, and it's like the coolest zoo ever. I'd never seen a polar bear in person. I didn't realize that until I saw a polar bear. And I was like, that polar bear is sweet. <laughs> and then I saw a koala, and um, koalas are super duper cute animals. Um, they have a ton of diseases. I didn't know that. Um, but they're super cute. They sleep in trees. I saw a couple of sloths. I saw a bunch of things. But the coolest part of that trip happened. When, um, so my son, he started crying, not, that's not cool. Um, but he was really, really hungry because we were walking around all day at the zoo. He said, Dad, I need a snack. I was like, yeah, go ahead, come on, let's go. Um, so we go up to like one of like, the snack kiosks. And um, but, yeah, but we say that, I'm like, all right, but, yeah, what do you want? He said, a hot dog. I was like, okay, cool. It's a hot dog. So I pull out my wallet and I hand the lady my card. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, sir. Um, we don't take cards right now because we still live in 1492. And um, it's, it's cash only at the moment. We get our like, machines up. I'm like, oh, man, buddy, I don't have cash. My wife didn't have any cash. Uh, I was like, man, buddy, I'm so sorry. I don't have cash. we got to go to another one. And then Willow comes around, and she has her little purse on. And, and she's like, no, 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 Dad. Can, no, 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 wait. And like, she opens her purse, and she takes out her little Ziploc bag because she has some cash in there. And, and, and like, this is the money that she had saved for, for, for Christmas cash, for chore money. She wanted to bring it to San Diego to buy something cool. Um, and the hot dog was $6. And wouldn't you know, she had $6 in there. So, um, so like, she took it out. She said, I don't know, I'll do this. And like, she legit paid her money and bought the man a hot dog. And then, then Maxwell took the hot dog and scarf. I was like, "Where are you going to say thank you?" And I was going to say thank you and ate the hot dog. It was like the coolest thing. But as a dad, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm about to like cry. And I'm like, "Oh, who cares about the polar bears? You paid for his hot dog." So it's super cool. So we finished the rest of the zoo. If you've been there, you know it's amazing. And at the very, very end, I mean, I just couldn't stop thinking about her buying this hot dog. So there's a huge gift shop before you walked out. I was like, "Hey, God, just come on, follow me." So we walked in. I was like, "Will, get whatever you want in here." And what she bought was a lot more than $6. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I thought it was so funny. <laughs> when you hand all you are over to God, your Father in heaven, what comes back, you can't even measure. We don't give to get. When we give, you will get. Not in just money form. We can talk about the tithe and all that stuff all day. But I'm just saying, if you give your heart and soul over to Jesus, what returns to you, the life that you experience, is, is planets further than what you can do on your own. See, what a seven-year-old girl taught me has spoken to me over and over and over until I walked up here that I had to tell you. Jesus is just saying, love me with everything that you have and see what happens in your life. See, we can't skip over this next part. It's, um, it's, it's found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, 21. It's got two minutes left, so we're going to wrap this whole thing up. He says, it says, if anyone boasts, I love God, and goes on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? This commandment we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. Isn't that so clear? Isn't the purpose he has for your life one of those things that, that is just so crystal clear? It's loud. It screams at your heart if you'll pay attention. There's a lot of things that can be complex, but I just love that God gives us the purpose of our life in a very, very clear manner. In a couple of sentences. Man, if you'll just love me, I'll show you how to love people. And if you do love me, it's impossible not to love people. It's impossible not to take care of others. It's impossible not to treat them as yourself because a byproduct of loving the Father in heaven is to love people that he created. So how do you do that in just such a practical way with the 60 seconds that I got left? There's one, you've got to see that God is all about people, not just all people, but you. Like you as a person. I don't know how God can do it, but he loves all of us like it was just us. But he does that for every single person. So like he's like obsessed with you. Like he loves you so much that when you screw up in the most massive way, your parents get upset, you get grounded, your coach benches you, your teachers are so upset, but God still loves you. He doesn't sign off on a pass to say you should do it again. But he says, I'm still in your corner. There's nothing that you and I can do to disappoint God so much that his love decreases for us. If there's, you can clap for that. If there is just one thing you take away as we step into the rest of 2020, the best year yet, it's just to understand that God loves us so much that he didn't make us love him. He gave us the opportunity to. And that when you love Jesus, it's just funny how all the other things just tend to work out over time. Nobody in here that is a Christian is going to tell you that they got everything together. If they are, they're arrogant and they're lying. We don't join this Christian club to be the good guys versus the bad guys. We just are people that come to the point where we realize we just cannot do it on our own. But because of Jesus, everything changes. Here's what I'm going to do. Everybody close your eyes, and I'm just going to give you an opportunity right now. If you need to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can just say this, this prayer after me. But what this prayer represents is the most important thing. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It is the fact that Jesus, he came to earth as a baby, lived as a man, but he lived a perfect life for 33 years. He, 
He, he quite literally was king of heaven and earth, and he chose to put on skin and bone, live as a man. He felt every temptation, every single thing that you and I have felt, but he's never made an errant thought, an errant look, an errant word, an errant anything. Perfection. Then he sacrificially gave his life on the cross to pay for your sin. That just means mistake in mind, past, present, and future. He was buried in the tomb for three days. On the third day, he rose again. He overcame sin and death. And that act alone gives us access to heaven through relationship with God. And if you will receive that in your life, not only will you go to heaven for all of eternity, on the other side of eternity, he'll teach you how to experience heaven while you're here on earth. Nobody's here on accident. If this is speaking to you, it's because God has placed you here on purpose. We're going to party. We're going to finish the rest of the night in such an amazing way. But we can't move another step forward until you make a decision because this is the time between you and God. Nobody is looking at you. But if you know that you know that you need to make this decision, you just say this with me. You say, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I have sin and mistakes in my heart. I believe that you live perfectly. You died sacrificially buried bodily and rose as our Savior. I received that into my heart and changed me from the inside out. If that's you, there's nobody looking in this room just besides me and some volunteers that we have with you. Please just raise your right hand high in the air right now if you just made that decision. Hold it up there. Don't be scared. I see it right here. I see it in the back right there. Hold it up high. Because here's what we're going to do. We have some, some mixed leaders that are just going to give you a Bible. And just give you some information on just the greatest next step you can make. Just hold your hand up. I see hands still going up right here. There's a couple right there. There's one right here. There's a couple back there. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. We just want to make sure that we give you what you need to make your next steps. Let's give it another moment. Go ahead. Hands are still going up. This is amazing. Hands are still going up. Afterwards, if you raise your hand, you got a Bible, and I'd love to talk to you personally as well, and I'd love to just walk to those next steps. Jesus, we love you so much, and we thank you, God, for what you've done tonight. So many tonight choosing Jesus. There's no better way to start this year. And I pray for every other person that's here, God, to just give us focus, to give us perspective for this purpose we have for our lives. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, everybody said. Amen.